Hi friends, welcome to another episode of Creepy Cases and Spooky Spaces. I'm your host, Cassiopeia. Before we get started with this week's episode, I just want to say thank you so much for all of the support, all of the plays, the shares, the talks, the messages, the comments, the just all the support that's been thrown my way. Um, we are actually 77 plays away from 5,000 plays, and I really wanted to come up with a way to say thank you for all of the support. So I will be doing a 5k play giveaway once we hit that 5,000. Like I said, we're 77 away right now and I will totally keep you updated and who knows by, you know, with this episode, we might get that 77 and by, you know, the bonus episode on Tuesday or by next Friday's episode, you never know, we might be doing a 5k play giveaway. And that's totally the name of it. Um, and that will both that will be on both Facebook and Instagram. So make sure that you are following along on both platforms. Um, um, there will be two winners, one from Facebook and one from Instagram, but kind of stay tuned because there will be more details coming up on it soon. Um, The website is kind of coming along slowly but surely. Um, I'll also keep you updated on that. Uh, But if right now, if you are looking to purchase your very own Creepy Cases and Spooky Spaces candles, you can do that through the Pizza and Pigtails website. It's pizzaandpigtails.com. And then just click on the Wiccan Fay link up in the left-hand corner, and they are available for you on there. Um, if you are wanting a sticker or a keychain, just send me a message on Facebook or Instagram at creepycases.spookyspaces, and I'll get you set up with um, one of those. But uh, for now, that's all I got, so let's get started on this week's creepy case. So I wanted to do this creepy case specifically because it deals with mental health and as someone who struggles with their mental health I wanted to kind of help in the awareness and kind of break the stigma of dealing with mental health and it's nothing to be embarrassed of or ashamed by And I think a lot of people still have that outlook, like you shouldn't talk about your mental health or anything like that if you're struggling. And it actually kind of contributed to this um, situation. And I, so I wanted to kind of touch base on that. Um, On the morning of August 22nd, 2009, after working a long week um, and a 12-hour nursing shift, a young woman who was a single mother decided that she was going to have a little fun. Um, After spending the day with her family, she decided to go out with some friends. 
and because she kind of kept her mental health uh, a secret from everybody and nobody really outside of her family knew, um, a lot of her family didn't even know, uh, she actually ran into a situation that sparked and kind of drew out that mental health I don't want to say issue but I guess it is an issue and I never knew that until I started doing this podcast I never knew that it was possible to just completely 100% disappear from the face of the earth and that's exactly what happened in this creepy case and questions about if she is alive or dead did she commit suicide was she abducted why would she just leave her family including her daughter behind and and it's still a mystery because it's still unsolved to this very day so let's dive into the details of the creepy case of tony lee sharpless Sharpless was born December 29, 1979, in Downington, Pennsylvania. Things weren't always easy for her. Her father actually died when she was just six years old in an accident, and her mother, Donna, soon remarried. Peter Neville raised Tony and her sister, Candy, as his own. Now, Tony struggled with mental health as a child and young teen, and after years of her battle and multiple hospitalizations, she was finally diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And the family kept it a secret. It actually caused difficulties as doctors tried to control it because it caused rapid mood swings, euphoric to just suicidal. Now, her condition also led her to struggle with drug and alcohol abuse, and once she was put on medication, her life actually began to turn around. At just 17 years old, Tony actually had a daughter of her own who she raised as a single mother. Now, during the 2000s, she actually made the decision to become a nurse, and she put herself through school at Brandywine School of Nursing while working full-time as a nursing aide at St. Martha's Manor in Downington. And my best friend in the whole wide world is actually going to nursing school right now, and I know that it is no easy feat, and especially working full-time and then also, I like I can couldn't even imagine having like being a full time single mother as well. And I know that she did have some help from her parents, and she lived with them. But it's still, um, I was a single mother at one point myself, and I just and I know how tough it is. So I definitely have to give Tony kudos. 
Now, when she graduated from Immaculata University in 2007, Tony accepted a position as an infectious disease nurse at Lancaster General Hospital. Now, she loved the work that she was doing, but sadly, she still had occasional struggles with depression. And in 2008, Tony was actually arrested and convicted with driving while intoxicated. Now, around this time, she was hospitalized about for about three weeks but once she was discharged she actually felt better than ever and she was on new medication and friends and family said that she was back to her old self now tony was a devoted mother and she missed her daughter who was 12 at the time that she disappeared and she was the light of Tony's life and she hated being she hated her long shifts because she hated being away from her daughter and usually she spent all of her free time with her and like I said they both lived with Tony's mother Donna and stepfather and um So life as a single mom was tough, but she wanted to make sure that her daughter had all of the love and support in the world. She was also Tony's main motivation for getting clean and staying healthy. No matter how many times she fell, Tony always got up, proving that mental illness and substance abuse doesn't have to define a person. And Tony Lee Sharpless was a warrior. So that morning, August 22nd, 2009, Tony took her daughter shopping. The two of them met up with Candy and her children, and one of Tony's longtime friends, Crystal Johns. They spent the entire afternoon together. Crystal had plans to meet up with some friends at a nightclub later that evening, and she invited Tony and Candy to join. Now, Candy was tired and she decided to go home, but Tony thought it sounded like fun and she hadn't had a night out in quite a while. Now, after making sure her mother could watch her daughter that evening, Tony excitedly got dressed for a night out on the town. While her parents were happy that Tony would be getting an evening out and some time to decompress, they actually had reservations about it as well. And Peter mentioned that Crystal wasn't the best influence and was actually worried that Tony would drink, which alcohol did not mix well with her new medication. And the two girls had actually recently reconnected after a falling out about 10 years earlier. Tony wasn't much of a nightclub frequenter, But Crystal talked her into it, and she was also running on little sleep as she'd been going good for about 36 hours or so. And sleep deprivation can bring on manic episodes in those with bipolar disorder. 
Around 9.30 p.m., Tony kissed her daughter goodnight and told her mother that she'd see her in the morning, and off she went. She headed to Crystal's house in West Solofield Township to finish getting ready, and the two girls were off in Tony's 2002 Pontiac Grand Prix. Now, they started the night at ICE, a club located in King of Prussia, then to G Lounge in Center City to meet up with Crystal's friend, Matt Green. Now, Matt's brother, Willie, was also at the club, and he was actually a player on the 76ers, so he was pretty well known in the area. And so the group received VIP treatment with a steady flow of alcohol. And Tony had no problem keeping up with everyone else. She spent most of her time on the dance floor and seems to be having a great time. Now around 2.57 a.m., Tony received a text from her daughter saying she couldn't sleep. And she responded with, I hope that you can get some sleep. I'll see you soon. Love you, babe. When the bar closed, the group, along with some other people, headed to Willie Green's house in Gladwin. Now, it was more of a small gathering than a party, but the drinking continued and the others soon noticed a change in Tony's behavior, and no sleep and alcohol seemed to be catching up with her all at once. And while playing a game of taboo, Tony made a remark to Crystal that Green took as an ethnic slur. Now, although Tony tried to explain that it definitely isn't how she intended it to be taken, Green made it known that he was offended, causing Tony, who already felt as if other guests were ridiculing her, became upset and erratic. Around 5 a.m., Tony reportedly poured a bottle of champagne on the kitchen floor and began kicking things. The Green told Crystal, who had retreated out to the pool, that both women needed to leave. Crystal managed to get Tony outside, but another fight ensued when Crystal tried to take Tony's keys as she felt she was the more sober of the two. And Tony insisted that she was fine to drive and told Crystal that if she wanted a ride, she needed to get in the car, which Crystal did, but she continued to plead with Tony to let her drive. She knew that Tony had gotten a DUI in the past and realized that she was way too intoxicated to drive at this time. Now, this only caused Tony to get angrier, and they only went about 500 feet before Tony abruptly stopped the car and told Crystal to get the fuck out. Crystal was left stranded on the side of the dark road, and she waited a bit, thinking that, um, thinking that Tony would come back to get her. She was too embarrassed to go back to Willie's house. So when Crystal didn't come back, she called her nephew to come and pick her up. So she tried calling Tony's phone multiple times, but it kept going straight to voicemail. And so Crystal was furious. 
who just kicks their friend out and leaves them on the side of the road. And especially a woman on a dark road 40 miles from home at 5 in the morning. After trying her phone multiple times more and still just getting voicemail every time, Crystal actually called and left a couple of voicemails for Tony's sister, Candy, telling her that Tony had abandoned her and that she would stop by at some point to drop off some of the belongings that Tony had left behind. Now, Crystal's anger turned into confusion and fear and sadness the next day when Candy called her and told her that Donna, Tony and Candy's mother, said Tony never came home. Now, while Crystal and the partygoers' behavior seemed callous and uncaring, we have to keep in mind that nobody knew of Tony's condition, so they thought that she had just had too much to drink on little sleep. When Crystal found out Tony wasn't home and no one had heard from her, she feared Tony had been in an accident and she called around the hospitals and the jails in case she was pulled over and arrested, but no one had any record of her. And she would have called if she'd been arrested, right? smell that? The fairies must be whipping up something amazing over at the Wiccan Fae Candle Nook. The custom layered candles are a must for all candle lovers. With your choice of three scents, you can create your very own garden soiree or Sunday yummy Sunday. With names like Bitch Slap Blue, Chill the Fuck Out, and even the new Creepy Cases and Spooky Spaces scent line, you are bound to find something for everyone. So right now, when you mention the code Creepy Spooky, you'll get 10% off your first order. So head on over to pizzaandpigtails.com and click the shop link up in the left-hand corner and get your very own Wiccan Fae candles today. calling around to the hospitals and jails, Crystal finally decided to call the West Brandywine Township Police Department and report her friend missing. Her family knew something had to be wrong. Tony would never abandon her daughter because she was extremely devoted to her. She never even stayed out late or worked longer or overnight without calling to let them know. Police records show that her phone last pinged off a cell tower at around 4.53 a.m. in Lower Marion Township, and this was where Willie Green's house was located, so it was likely her battery died, and that's why it kept going straight to voicemail when Crystal tried to call her. Now, rumors swirled that something actually happened to Tony at the party, but Crystal, and while super upset 
and Willie both cooperated 100% and both of them even passing polygraph. Police don't believe anyone at the party were involved. Now her family believes that the alcohol mixed with sleep deprivation and the bipolar medication is what caused the behavior. And they all stated that Tony was usually mild-mannered and calm, even when upset, and she would never destroy anyone else's property. Now, Donna and Peter decided to drive around, and they drove for hours trying to figure out what route Tony could have possibly taken. And they knew that she would have been exhausted, and they thought that maybe she wrecked her car or drove into the river accidentally. And they drove all the back roads, but there was no sign of a car anywhere, and there was no sign of a car driving off the road. Now, investigators searched a section of the Schickel River near the Flat Rock Park boat ramp, but no evidence her car had gone off there. And they even did a sonar search of the water finding a number of cars, 12 to be exact, but none were Tony's. 12 cars is a lot, in my opinion. So in September of 2009, three weeks later, the New Jersey State Police contacted investigators on Tony's case and told them that her license plate had been recorded by a police cruiser on Camden, in Camden. And they went to New Jersey, but found no trace of Tony or her car. And um, I'm not sure if you're familiar, but um, with the police cruisers that have the cameras, they have the cameras that um, kind of, they, they basically just scan your, their, your license plate. And there's not really like any other details that show except for right on your license plate. So now, this is when Tony's family began to fear the worst. They claimed that Tony would never willingly drive to Camden, as it was a high crime area, and she'd have no business to be there, even though investigators were put together a theory that she may have gone there for drugs um, if she had um, not been feeling well or if she had hit a manic um, situation and wanted to calm herself down, even though I don't know why they think drugs would calm somebody down in that situation. Now, the Nevilles believe that Crystal knows more than she's saying, and they even hired a private investigator, Eileen Law, who cleared Crystal, but once again, Tony's family doesn't believe she would have cricket she does they don't believe that Tony would have kicked Crystal out of the car and just abandoned her on the side of the road, no matter how upset she was. And if she did, Crystal could have refused to get out. And she could have done more to help keep Tony from driving. Even call police right then and there saying that, you know, hey, my friend just drove off and she's pretty intoxicated. You may want to take a look for her. 
And Crystal also has a criminal record, which includes two counts of harassment, which she pled guilty to in 2005. And I'm not saying that just because she has a record that she did anything or that it could be relevant. However, with barely any details to go on, we don't know what exactly happened. And we also don't know what happened at the party 100%. We don't know what happened in the car. There's just so many unanswered questions. Now, as word got out about Tony's disappearance, a number of potential sightings were reported to police. Philadelphia, Camden, Lancaster, and all places were in areas known for prostitution and drugs. The many who saw her actually said that she was pretty upset or in distress and in the company of two unidentified males. And it seemed that she moved around because it was like, um, at first it was a cluster of reports in Philadelphia. And then a little bit later, there would be a cluster of reports in Camden and then a cluster in Lancaster and so on and so forth. And Eileen was actually convinced that Tony was still alive, but she sadly and unfortunately had fallen into a human trafficking ring. And she felt that Tony may have stopped somewhere, maybe needing gas on the way home that night. And in her inebriated state, that's what caused her to trust the wrong people. Now, in November of 2012, Eileen received an anonymous letter stating a friend of theirs, the letter writer, was a Camden police officer who got into an argument with Tony and killed her. And while they weren't sure what happened to her body, he claimed that he was paid $5,000 to drive her car to Boston, Massachusetts. And he actually provided the VIN number, her phone number, and license plate, but not all of the information was correct, so police actually dismissed the letter as a hoax. But some believe that it was genuine, and some are still looking into that detail of the case. Now, after following hundreds of leads that have led nowhere, and for more than 10 years, Tony's family has resigned themselves to the fact that Tony is no longer alive, even having claimed her legally dead years ago. But they're still desperate to find out what happened to her, and they remain hopeful that her body will at least be located so they can bring her home and give her a proper burial. Now, if you have any information even the smallest clue or detail can help. Please call the West Brandywine Township Police Department at 610-380-8201 or Private Investigator Eileen Law at 610-388-1776. You never know when your 
help or your tip could bring closure to something as this. And until next crime. Creepy Cases and Spooky Spaces with Cassiopeia is a Pizza and Pigtails production. All episodes researched, written, and edited by yours truly. You can find new episodes every Friday with bonus episodes coming out every other Tuesday on your favorite podcast listening platform. Be sure to follow along on Instagram and Facebook at creepycases.spookyspaces for all podcast news and updates. Don't forget to subscribe through the anchor.fm or the Patreon page for exclusive access to bonus content, early episode access, and thank you swag. And if you have a creepy case or a spooky space that you would like to hear featured on a future episode, send me an email at creepycases.spookyspaces at gmail.com.